0: I apologize for taking your time. Thank you so much in advance for your support. Enjoy this episode. You are listening to Rabbi Aria Wolby of Torch in Houston, Texas. This is the Parsha Review Podcast. Welcome back and good morning, everybody, to the Parsha Review Podcast. We are going to do an, an in-focus on the Parsha of Yisro, this week's Parsha. Yisro is a very, very dynamic Parsha because it's a portion that is named for someone who at the time was not Jewish yet. We don't see a portion named for Moshe. We don't see a portion named for Aaron. We don't see a portion named for Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob. But we do see a portion named for Yisro. And the hint our sages tell us is right in the first word of the Parsha. Chapter 18, verse number 1, And Yisro heard. Yisro heard. He got the message. The Torah is given in the portion of Yisro. In this week's Torah portion is when the revelation at Mount Sinai happens. Why? To tell you that the number one function of someone who wants to receive the Torah. is you've got to hear the messages. You've got to listen and incorporate them. But what I want to focus on today is what happens later. What did he hear? He heard about all the miracles. And he says, you know what? I got to leave Midian. Join join my my son-in-law, Moses, and see what's going on here. And as my grandfather would say, you know, he was reading the newspaper like everybody else read the newspaper. And he sees, wow, all these miracles that happened to the Jews. And everyone just keeps turning the pages. Okay, let's go to the sports section. But that part my grandfather didn't say. What happens? Yisro says, one second, all of these miracles happen to the Jewish people? That's unbelievable. That's incredible. What, well, am I just going to sit here? I want to go join those people. And Yisro packs his bags and goes to join the Jewish people. And then what happens when he comes to join the Jewish people? And don't forget, the Jewish people were surrounded by the Anani Hakavod, by the clouds of glory that were protecting the Jewish people. When they were attacked in last week's Torah portion by the Amalekites, what happens? Those Missiles go from Gaza, no, from, from the, from the people of Amalek into the Jewish people, but it doesn't hit the Jewish people. It goes into the cloud and the cloud rebounds it right back like David's sling. And it goes right back and hits the people who shot it. So there was this cloud protecting the Jewish people. You couldn't just walk in. But when they heard that Yisro, the father-in-law of Moshe, was coming to visit the Jewish people. Moshe himself stopped everything he was doing and went to go greet his father-in-law. And Moshe brings him into the tent, and Moshe starts telling him everything that happens. He went likras chosono and he bowed to him. He kissed him and he asked him, How are you doing? They inquired about each other's well-being. And Moshe told his father-in-law everything that Hashem has done to Pharaoh and to Egypt, on behalf of Israel, and all of the hardships that befell the Jewish people, and all the ways in which Hashem saved them. Yisro rejoiced. He rejoiced. On all of the great things that Hashem did for the Jewish people. That Hashem has saved them from the Egyptians. Now listen to what happens here. Yisro says, Blessed is Hashem. That He saved them, that He saved each of you, all of you, from the hands of Mitzrayim and from the hand of Pharaoh that he saved the entire people from the from the hand of the Egyptians now I know says Yisro, hashem is greater than all the other gods for it's For in the matter itself in which the Egyptians had conspired, they fell. means the exact same way. We see the same theme, by the way, with Mordechai and Haman. What, Haman built the gallows to hang Mordechai, and instead Haman and his ten sons got hung on that same gallows. Pharaoh conspired against the Jewish people. In the exact way in which they conspired, they got punished. And this is the verse that I want to focus on. Now, Yisro took ola uzvachim, a burnt offering and other offerings lelohim to God. Immediately he made a big feast, and Moses was there, and Aaron was there, and all of the elders of Israel were there, and they break bread. With Moshe's father in law before God, and they give thanks to Hashem. So, the question that I want to focus on this week is what's the rush? What is the rush? What is the great rush? You heard all these stories, you're impressed by God's hand, by God's might, by God's power. And now, the first thing you do is you start a meal, you have a feast. What's going on here? We, you know, we know the famous term that we say about Jewish people. Every time the nations of the world tried to beat us, to tried to fight us, tried to destroy us, we fought, we won. Now let's eat. So what's going on here with Yisro? What is Yisro telling us here? So the holy sage from Barditchev, B'levi Yitzchak from Barditchev, used to say that inspiration needs to be captured immediately. You cannot let inspiration expire. You know, medicine has an expiration date. Food has an expiration date. Inspiration says, Reb inspiration has an expiration date. And the expiration date is sometimes only a few minutes away. How many times have we been inspired by something? It's like, wow, this is life-changing. This is incredible. And then the next day, we don't even remember what we were inspired about. Our sages tell us that when you are inspired, you need to immediately lock it in with an action. Don't let that inspiration expire. A person can live their entire lives being inspired one time after another time after another time, but it never, it never influences them. Because they never locked it in. You hear a great lecture, you're like, wow, life changing, unbelievable. And you talk to your friends, like, yeah, he's a good speaker. That's pretty solid, right? Or we're in synagogue on Rosh Hashanah and we hear the shofar blowing. And we're like, wow, that that hit my soul. Like, I have to change. But we go we turn to the people next to us and we're like, "Wow, he blew the chauffeur really nicely." Wow. Like it's like that that breaks up, that expires the inspiration. Our sages tell us that when someone is inspired, they need to immediately lock it in, put it into action. Don't let that inspiration fall to the wayside. We see many times where the, where this is instituted well for example we have at the Pesach Seder at the Pesach Seder what do we talk about we talk about the redemption of the Jewish people we talk about all of the miracles that God performed we talk we demonstrate all of the 10 plagues that were 10 plagues that were really 50 plagues 100 plagues 250 plagues because of all of the extra impact that each plague befell the Egyptians, right? It wasn't just frogs. It was the fighting of the father uh, of the house with his wife and the children, the, the, you know, and then the kids go out in the street and they fight. So there were many after effects, ripple effects of each plague. And we talk about that in our God as well. And then we talk about One day, Mashiach will come, and we're going to have a rebuilt temple, and we say, L'Shanna Haba B'Yerushalayim HaBenuyah, but we don't just say it. We're all inspired. It's incredible the change that we're going to see, and we're hoping for, and we're praying for, and it's going to be so incredible. You know what we also do? We fill up the cup of Elijah. We demonstrate that it's not just words that we're saying, We fill up the cup of Elijah, and we immediately open the door. Put it into action. Don't just say things. I think it's such a fundamental principle for us to instill into our daily lives. You have inspiration. Make it real. You say you're going to do something. Do it immediately. How many times do we say, yeah, when I get around to it? When I get around to it, it means not now, that means never. We get into procrastination mode. But with inspiration, it's very difficult to relive inspiration after it's soured. There's a story told about a student in the Valojan Yeshiva that during dinner time someone asked him a question about the Talmud they were learning. And it was in the Tosfot, one of the commentaries, and the student didn't remember it accurately. He got so upset with himself, the student, he immediately got up, went to a neighboring synagogue, and sat and learned and learned and learned so that he should never forget a word of the Talmud again or the commentaries of the Talmud. He was so inspired by that moment of, How can I have forgotten something? He immediately went and sat down and started learning again. But we know there's a problem. You're in the middle of eating. You didn't finish, the halacha says, you're not allowed to leave in the middle of a meal. He didn't properly bench. He didn't say the grace after meals. So one of the great luminaries, Reb Chaim Shmulevet, said, he says, you know, from the standpoint of halacha, he didn't do the right thing. He should have properly benched. He should have properly given thanks. But had he done that, the inspiration would have expired. He would never have finished the Talmud the way he did had he let the inspiration cool off. That's how important it is for us to utilize the opportunity of inspiration. When you're inspired by something, do it immediately. Make it part of your life. Instill it in your daily schedule. Do something to concretize that message, that inspiration, so that it doesn't just fall aside. You have an inspiration of whatever it is. You go to a lecture, you go to a sermon, you hear something, you hear a story about uh, some some wise person and uh, the hard work they put into, some, into a project. Say, so, you know what, I'm not going to give up on a certain project. I'm not going to, I'm going to do it. Not in three days. Now, how many times do we get inspired about, oh, I'm going to start a new diet, I'm going to start eating healthy. I remember one time in the summertime, I used to come, my my family and and uh and i go to the sum- for the summers we go to uh new york new jersey we're with family by my in-laws by my parents my children go to day camps in new york new jersey but i i would f- travel back and forth every other week i'd go be there for Shabbos with the family and then come back and get work done here continue the classes so on many of these summers i set a mission i'm going to be home mostly alone i'm going to eat a healthy diet so I'll tell you about two different experiences I had. One time I decided as I'm landing in Houston, that's it. I'm going to be on a diet. I'm going to eat carefully. I'm going to eat healthy. And straight from the airport, I went straight to the supermarket and bought myself lettuce and bought myself vegetables. I was going to make salads. And that was, that was a very successful diet. But I'll tell you, there were other times where I made the same resolution. I'm going to make this change, but I'm going to start tomorrow when I get a chance, when I get around to it. When I get around to it, that's when I will do it. And those were never successful. In any area of life, if you want it to have an impact, you've got to start now. Now is the time. And this is what we learned from Yisroh. Yisra didn't say, "Ah, oh, I'm so inspired, the Jewish people are so nice. You know what, I'll come back next month and I'll do my conversion. And next month I'll uh, celebrate with you because I got some business deals to close first and then I'll, no, 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 you're not going to have that inspiration later. What did he do? He immediately sat down. He heard all of these things. He says, wow, now I know. The next verse. <speaking> immediately he brought those offerings to say, I'm in. Hashem, thank you. I want to be part of these people now. Not later. We have the opportunity to be inspired every day of our lives. If we use this methodology. If we use this method of taking inspiration and instilling it in our daily lives immediately. Not letting it sour, not letting it expire. I'm inspired by something. You know, you can, you can listen to a TED talks and be inspired. You can watch a little video about our soldiers who are fighting a mitzvah war for the protection of the Jewish people. A milchames mitzvah. And you say, you know something? I, I want to do something for them. Don't just say it. Do it. Put it into action. You know what? I'm going to say a chapter of Psalms in their honor. When? When are you going to do that? When it fits into your schedule? No, right now. Stop what I'm doing right now and do it now. Because when you're inspired, the only way to make it live on forever is if you instill it and concretize it now. Hashem should bless us all that we should merit to take every single one of our inspirations. We have so many privileges, so many opportunities to be inspired. It's such an unbelievable plethora of avenues for us to be inspired. You can listen to uh, classes on podcasts and on video, and you can watch them on uh, TorahAnytime.com, and you can watch them. I mean, there's so much content out there. Let it not just be content. Let it be a vehicle for our inspiration. Hashem shall bless us soul. We should grow. We should connect and always live an inspired life. Amen. You've been listening to Rabbi Arya Wolby on a podcast produced by Torch, the Torah Outreach Resource Center of Houston. We need you. We need partners. Please help sponsor an episode so we can continue to produce more quality Jewish content for our listeners around the globe. Please visit torchweb.org to donate and partner with us on this incredible endeavor.